Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. So we are in part three of the dating series, and this is usually where we would be wrapping things up, but things got a little long-winded <laughs> in the last episode. And so there is carryover. And I'm really excited about this episode because this is really the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to share last time, but my story ran a little long. And as you can see, by the time I finish this episode, you will see why I split it in two because it's, it's basically just as long. And so for those of you who are new to Whole and Complete podcast, Whole and Complete is a series-based podcast. And so we are in the middle of a series. We're in part three. So if you haven't heard parts one and two, please pause, go back and check those out. So we have a new guiding scripture for this particular part of the series. And it comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. And it reads, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is a word like literally I could end the podcast right there and just say, you better listen and take heed. <laughs> but I will repeat, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And today we are going to be talking about the dating game. Be careful what you wish for and real talk. So just to bring us back to our focus in terms of like how we're defining dating for this series, the definition of dating that we are using is spending time with someone for the purpose of exploring a romantic connection. Having said that, not everybody comes to the dating game with the same objectives. And despite what people might tell you up front, there is often a lot of variance between what people tell you they want from the dating experience versus what their actions will actually show. Now, let me preface what I'm about to say with, with this. Sometimes love at first sight actually happens. Like sometimes it actually does. Sometimes people meet and the chemistry is so strong and the connection is so certain. And then they just go on to live happily ever after. But that is the exception and that is not the rule. So having said that, it is really important to recognize, this is key, that there is going to be an investment of time <laughs> If you are going to be dating, if you are going to get into the dating game, if you're going to jump into the pool, just know you're going to have to wade in the waters for some time and how much time that is. I mean, obviously it all depends on who you meet and all of that. Sometimes people link up with the first person they meet on a dating app and everything is great and they just cancel the app after that. But again, that is the exception and that is not the rule. And it's important to recognize that dating is an investment of time because sometimes what people appear to be in the beginning is not who or what they actually are in real life. So even if you're not dating multiple people, it might take some time dating the same person to really see what this person is about, to identify character traits and to identify communication patterns and those types of things. And so, you know, you can go out and have a great time, have good chemistry, great conversation, and then find out later that you have some fundamentally different views on some key issues that are non-negotiable for you. Things like racism, things like politics, things like family, things like philanthropy and giving, things like kids, things like money. I remember once I was dating this guy and he and I made a comment. I was like, you know what? I would love to be like a secret millionaire. I said, and then I would just like go around and like 
pay for people's groceries or like go to Walmart and, you know, and just pick up the tab for their stuff. And he was like, I wouldn't, you know, what does that teach them? You know, my hard earned money, you know, why would I, why would I use that, you know, to help them out? And I was like, mm-hmm. duly noted. Suffice it to say that did not pan out, but it, it's those types of things, you know, those things were not discoverable or discernible maybe the first date or the second date. But as you continue to talk to people, you know, as you continue to take that investment of time and, and kind of suss these things out, you find out things that are just not going to work for you in the long run. And here's just the hard truth about relationships. Bear with me. Don't throw stones. Don't throw tomatoes. Okay. This is just the hard God's honest truth. Love ain't enough. It, it, it really isn't. <laughs> okay. There are, are lots of people who love each other from afar. They love each other from a distance. But when you're talking about relationships, love is not enough. And you'd be like, hold on, Dr. Shantae. Didn't you just do the self-love series? And then you talk about, you know, how love never fails. Listen, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins and it does. It says that love never fails and it doesn't. But that does not mean that the relationship is going to sustain on love alone because Love is often not enough. It's these types of things, the the communication patterns or the way people treat one another while arguing or how people feel about family, like those types of things matter too, okay? Those types of things matter also. And so just know trying to sustain a relationship on love alone without having some concrete foundation of compatibility in some key areas it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Now, having said that, you know, if you're playing the dating game or you're going into the dating experience for casual, non-committed companionship, that is cool. That is perfectly fine. But make sure that you state that up front. And I know it's possible to change your mind. You know, you could go into it looking for something casual and then it morphs into something more serious. But in fairness to the person that you're dating, I would make sure that they are clear what your intentions are up front because it allows them to enter the dating dynamic with you from a place of mutual understanding. Now, if you think that disclosing your intentions, meaning that the fact that you're not really looking for anything serious and you're just looking for something casual, if you think that disclosing that is going to shrink the pool of options for you, then that's just a reality that you have to be willing to accept if you're going to play this game with integrity. But if not, if you're going to kind of shroud those intentions like oh yeah I'm looking for something serious I'm looking for something long term I'm looking for my person when you know you're really not then that's going to be racking up some of that karmic debt that we talked about in episode one of this series this is why new listeners it's so important to start at the first part of the series but most people are not entering the dating game for casual reasons many people are entering the dating game for the purpose of finding their quote-unquote person and the the fact is it just it takes time And I know that these TikTok love stories make it seem like everything happens lickety split and overnight for these couples, but that's not realistic. There are couples that have been married for over 10 years and they're still finding things out about one another. They're they're still finding things out about their spouses. So I'm not saying that you need to know every chapter and verse about the person or people that you're dating in order to form a relationship, but do go into it knowing that it is an evaluative process. You are evaluating a person and that person is evaluating you. You are making assessments and you are drawing conclusions. And this is why you need to spend some time with yourself so that you know what exactly it is that you're evaluating. What is it exactly that you are looking for? What are you assessing exactly? 
And I asked recently a group of women on social media, what was their number one need in a relationship? And here are some of the answers that I got. These women said their number one need in a relationship was a guy who had emotional maturity. He had open communication, an effective communicator, someone who was honest, someone who is emotionally intelligent, someone who is compatible, uh, someone who makes them feel secure, someone with whom they have shared values and goals, uh, someone who respects one another's independence, etc. So when you look at things like emotional maturity and intelligence and whether or not they're an effective communicator, whether there's going to be shared goals and values and whether or not this person makes you feel secure, you are not going to find all that out after two dates. Okay, you're just not. And while people might leave a favorable impression and while you all do a whole lot of talking in the beginning, just know that it takes time to suss all of that information out. Side note, I did notice that when I polled these women, communication came up a lot in terms of a major need. So for those strong silent types out there, y'all gonna have to speak up. You need, you need to use your words. Okay. Now I recently finished a book called if the Buddha dated by Charlotte Castle. And I'm telling you, there are some gems in that book, but here's a quote that smacked me dead in my forehead, like right out of the first chapter. And I would be remiss not to share it with you here. So just to repeat, this is from the book, If the Buddha Dated by Charlotte Castle. And I'll put the book information in the show notes. But here was the quote. It was about attachment. It says, attachment demands that things be different than what they are. When our minds are consumed with scripts, images, and fantasies of what we think we must have, we end up frustrated, disappointed, unable to live in the what is of life. We suffer. I'm going to repeat that because it's just that good. Attachment demands that things be different than what they are. When our minds are consumed with scripts, images, and fantasies of what we think we must have, we end up frustrated, disappointed, unable to live in the what is of life. We suffer. And I share that to say this. Should you go into the dating experience clear on what you want? Yes. Should you go into it attached to a story about how this love thing is going to play out? No. You may be attached to a certain race or ethnicity, and that might not be what's in the cards for you. You might be in it attached to tall, dark, and handsome, and your boo might be 5'9". You know, <laughs> you might be looking for love on a dating app and find it in Starbucks with your hair in a bun, wearing some jogging pants. You're not looking cute at all. Your ideal first date might be some fancy restaurant and your date wants to take a walk in the park. You might be feeling pressed because you thought that by a certain age, things would have come together romantically and you're attached to that narrative, feeling like your life is less because it hasn't happened yet. And what I would say to all of those things, those attachments, okay, because we get attached to these stories, these scripts, these images about what we think we must have instead of living in the what is of life. What is my life right now? What is my cir circumstances? What am I currently doing? What are my patterns of behavior? What is the is of life instead of what is it that I'm attached to or thinking is going to happen? And I share all that with you to say this. Keep your standards, but release your attachments. I'm going to repeat that. Keep your standards, but release your attachments. And for those of you who are still in that first container of Christianity, this is really important, okay, with respect to attachment. So if you are still in that first container, 
let me tell you this. Put your clipboard away. If you are not familiar with First Container Christianity, we covered this in the Relationship with God series, but I'll summarize it briefly here. First Container Christianity is that spoon-fed Sunday school, follow the rules and Jesus will love and bless you type of Christianity. It's this legalistic approach where you go around with your clipboard or your tablet or your Ten Commandments and your thou shalt nots and ooh, you stepped out of line and oh, the hem of your skirt is too short. That's that sort of thing. That's that first container rule bookie type approach to Christianity. And if you are in that space, you definitely have some attachments that you need to to reevaluate. I think that what you should do is spend some time talking to God about what equally yoked means for you and then move forward with a discernment. But if you are throwing people away because they don't go to church every Sunday, let me tell you this. I know people that do go to church every Sunday and it don't keep them from cheating on their spouses right now. So shakes timbre. Hold on. Let me shake my own timbre. Let me shake it for myself. So there's that. Okay. Like just because they don't have perfect attendance in Sunday school doesn't mean that that ain't your boo. Doesn't mean that they can't support you spiritually. I'm just saying that, you know, going to church every Sunday is not necessarily an indicator that they are walking squarely on the king's highway okay so again keep your standards but release your attachments which brings us to be careful so I told you that at some point we were going to address this notion of transactional type relationships and here's what I mean by that if you look on social media tiktok Instagram, there is this growing trend in the dating world where lots of typically, usually younger women, okay, so like millennials, you know, 20s, 30s somethings, you know, are looking for and buying into this quote unquote baller wife motif. And this, the narrative is basically like a real man takes care of his woman, okay? So that that's the, the script that's hanging out there, a real man And there's kind of like a lot of selectivity about wanting men to fulfill these quote unquote traditional roles, right? Well, that's a double-edged sword because, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, what are the traditional things that you're going to be willing to do? You know, you can't be selectively traditional when you're talking about a man in his pocketbook, but then want to boss up and keep all your money in the bank, you know, and you still work a job and you don't have to spend any of your money for the essentials of life. It's like, that's not traditionally how it works. So, you know, there's this kind of like picking and choosing, but this, this growing trend where quote unquote, a man, a real man takes care of his woman. The implication here is that he basically financially supports her. He takes care of the bills, maintenance of hair, nails, handbags, vacations. And in exchange, she provides love, affection, sex, possibly meal preparation and ego stroking. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to apologize in advance for the toe that I'm about to step on. But what I just described to you, that dynamic, that is not a wife. That is a prostitute, a concubine, an escort of sorts of some kind. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's not marriage. That's not partnership that, you know, and it's not to say that that dynamic doesn't quote unquote work depending on how you're defining work for some people. I mean, because for some people that's what they have and that's what they do. And to the degree to which it quote unquote works, I think it's questionable. But what I hear as the rationale for for wanting to take this approach, the rationale that I hear for women 
increasingly desiring this approach of like sponsorship and being taken care of and being this kept woman is I'm tired. That's the rationale that that's the impetus behind this. I'm tired. I'm tired of being the strong one. I'm tired of doing everything. I'm basically, I'm tired of being the strong black woman and I want to be kept. I want somebody to take care of me for once. I'm, I'm tired of putting the world on my shoulders and, and moving forward, you know, struggling. Why would I do that when I can have somebody take care of me? Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Sis, sister girl, sister friend, honey love. Um, the antidote for being a strong black woman is not white fragility. Okay. That's not the antidote. That's not the answer. In our last episode, we discussed the plantation mentality and how quote, and this is a, a quote straight out of the book, uh, too heavy a yoke, black women and the burden of strength by Shaniqua Walker Barnes, where she writes that white women were perceived as pampered, entitled and incapable of managing their own lives without the support of white men and black women. And what I'm here to tell you is that the fragility trope is really just as toxic as the strength trope. I think that you are better served unwinding the threads that make you feel tired and exhausted as a woman, specifically a black woman. What are the things that you're saying yes to? What are some boundaries that might need to be drawn? Where do you need to ask for support and advocate for yourself but to essentially abdicate responsibility for your life to another adult because you're tired of adulting, quote unquote, or you're too afraid to set boundaries or you're trying to keep up with rap star girlfriends. This is not a whole and healthy approach to life. This is not a healthy path to dating. And circling back to the book by Charlotte Castle, If the Buddha Dated, she has a quote here where she says to be genuinely equal, both people need to know that they can support themselves financially so they know they have the option to leave the relationship, end quote. Financial abuse is a real thing. If you are listening to this podcast, you are old enough to know that while money is not the end all be all, it does provide options. It provides freedom and options. And so this life of quote unquote sponsorship with no means to support yourself financially can really be a dangerous setup for control over your life that you may not have calculated. Now, that said, if both partners agree that living off one income or they agree that one partner is going to work in the house and the other person works outside the house, I mean, okay, do what works for you. But to approach it from a perspective of shaming men because they don't want to add you as, as a dependent, essentially, or pay for expensive handbags and hairstyles, I would strongly encourage you to revisit that line of thinking because sis, that ain't it. That, that is not it. I said what I said. And having gone there, let's end on a positive note. Shall we? (laughs) I polled, I thought I would end this, this series, this part of the series. I thought I'd end with some actual feedback from men that I polled on Facebook And when I was doing my research on this topic, one of the common themes and hot burning questions from women who were dating men was, how do I know if he's serious about me? So I asked, I asked the million dollar question. And the question that I posed on Facebook was, when a man is serious about a woman, he will what? So I'm like, okay, what what are the signs? What are the clues? And I actually got a lot of responses to this question, which I appreciated So ladies, if you are in the dating pool looking for a man and you want to know what to look for with regard to whether or not he is serious, here are some of the answers that I got. When a man is serious about a woman, he will 
be vulnerable if he is secure and feels like he can really trust her. He will make time for her without excuses and make himself available. He will be willing to share the other important personal relationships in his life with her family, kids, close friends. He will be willing to compromise more. He will be willing to figure out the things that are really important to her. He will be willing to make her a priority. I also got, he will let you meet his mother. (laughs) He will bring you to events and actually introduce you as his girlfriend. When a man is serious about a woman, he will do more for her than others in his life. He will bring her to places and meet important people in his life. He will shut other women down in private or publicly or both if they try to approach him romantically. He will also show more PDA around people that matter to him. I also got these answers. He will make it known in simple, plain language. In other words, if a man is serious about you and you are the one, he will lay his game down quite flat. There will be no ambiguity. They said he will do everything in his power to make sure the woman feels secure and significant in every area of his life. He will make it known by his words and actions that he is serious. He will affirm his commitment to her. He will make her his number one priority without question that she is it. When a man is serious about a woman, he will learn her love language. He will learn her likes and her dislikes. He will listen to her intentionally. What matters to her should matter to you. He will take mental notes. He will make sure she feels loved, safe, and secure. He will give her genuine compliments, do what he can to support her goals and dreams. He will set goals with her and he will listen to her without judgment. So there it is, folks, from the horse's mouths, as it were. I feel like I have done a lot of talking in this series, which is par for the course when you have a podcast, but I was cheerful and glad and ready to add some other voices to this discourse, some other thoughts that were not my own. And so I appreciate everyone who participated in the polls that I raised on social media. I appreciate your answers and your honesty. And we are finally going to land this plane. So we are going to end the dating series with Dr. Tiffany Bellamy, who has been on the podcast before and has quite a bit of expertise with respect to dating and relationships. And so she is going to be bringing her psychological perspectives to this issue on the next episode. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, you know, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante says, and now you can rate podcasts on Spotify. So all of you who have been listening to me on Spotify, Android users, even Apple users that have Apple and Spotify, please go and rate this podcast on Spotify. If you are an Apple user and you be like, oh, every time she says rate the podcast, I keep meaning to do it, but I, I forgot. Pause, stop, end the episode right now and do it right now while you're thinking about it. And why do I ask you to do this? Because your ratings help other people find the podcast. And so if you are finding value in these episodes and value in this season, and you think other people can benefit and should hear what I have to say about a range of topics, <laughs> Um, please make sure that you rate the podcast because that really does help. And I will see you guys on the next episode.